What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, my favorite part of Mondays is checking in with my main man, Charles Robinson, from Yahoo Sports, and you pod to win the game uh, this week. Chuck is joining us from uh, Arlington, Texas. He was at Cowboys Jets, Cowboys 30, Jets 10 more specifically. Um, read your column. I read your piece. Have we talked about this before? Don't you love when people say, hey, I read your piece. And that's it. They just leave it there. They don't tell you what they thought of it. <laughs> hey, I read your column. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe you want to know what they thought. <laughs> maybe exactly. maybe I'd, I'd rather just know that you read it. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. great. Okay. There's a click. I'll take the click. Uh, but no, I read it. It was good as usual. And it was, um, it, there was some guarded optimism on your part, uh, understandably so, about how good these Cowboys look. Uh, I'm more, yeah. I'm more on the side of skeptical, uh, just because we've sure. seen talented Cowboys teams before, but but I'm not one of these clowns that get on television and clown the Cowboys for clicks or for likes or engagement. I, that's not part of my brand, uh, if I have a right. brand. Um, but as far as the Cowboys go, it's really more about the opposition, and it's about seeing them against San Francisco. And you and I have talked about this, about San Francisco having their number, being in their heads. Meanwhile, the yeah. Giants for six quarters looked awful, uh, the Jets, we know what their problem is. So expound on your column, if you don't mind. Just how good are these Cowboys really? And does it even matter at this point how good they are, given all that can happen and we've seen happen the rest of the season, specifically when it comes to this team? Yeah, I mean, look, what you referenced is there. It's a built-in argument, right? Like the the Giants have looked awful. Even making the playoffs last year, I think we all kind of agreed. It's It's, it's a, you know a jelly filled donut without jelly in it. <laughs> There's a hole in there somewhere. <laughs> and, and and we're not quite believing in that team as a playoff team last year. Um, okay. So they get trounced 40 to nothing. The giants do on the road, the, the, you know, Dallas absolutely wipes them out, but then they follow it up in their own home opener um, against a, a Jets defense. That is legitimately great. It is a great defense. And they got killed. They got wiped out by the Cowboys in a fashion where the Cowboys did not look uncomfortable offensively at any time. Mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb, mm-hmm. now granted, Sauce Gardner wasn't traveling with him. But <laughs> CeeDee Lamb, to me, when you watched him, you're like, that's an elite number one. He's getting open anytime yeah. he wants. No, I'm, I'm giggling because why is Sauce out here deleting his entire 
Twitter or X account <laughs> over some CD Lamb stats that may or may not be attributable to him. It's like, all right, man, is it that yeah. bad already? You know, and a lot of them aren't. You know, that was the thing. Is like, it's not like yeah. he was traveling with them the whole night. Um, you know, so to me, the comfort level of Dak, kind of watching that, um, Tony Pollard making sense in the backfield, the way we always knew Tony Pollard would make sense if they had just committed to a dynamic running back, right? Um, even with some offensive line injuries, being a little banged up last night on the line, um, never really looking overwhelmed by that front. The Jets, now the Jets made their place. Quinn and Williams is Quinn and Williams. Um, but still, it was just, there was never a point in which it did not feel like the Cowboys weren't in control, both offensively and defensively um, during the course of that game. And to me, yeah, they turned Zach Wilson over three times. You know, they forced a fumble, you know, the Dalvin Cook fumble. Um, but also, when you look at uh, just the overall dominance of a yeah. player like Micah Parsons, I mean, they, nobody can yeah. handle him now. They're throwing doubles, they're throwing triples at him. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's the level of dominance in terms of the defense, the fact that there's talent at every layer, the the complete comfort of the offense, and everything fitting together. By the way, you didn't have Brandon Cooks, their number two wide out. They're using a lot of young guys. Um, it just feels, I literally went, and I've seen the Cowboys a lot, a lot. And I was down in the tunnel and I'm kind of watching them all walk off and they're all comfortable. None of them are hooping and, you know, there's no hooting, hollering over this win. It was just sort of like, yeah, we took care of business tonight. And Clarence Williams, Chili came down and I turned to Chili and I said, look, man, I gotta be honest with you. This is the first time I've watched this team in all these years, even going back to the 2017, that was, ex was supremely talented yeah. where I'm like, this might, this might be it. Like this, this might finally yeah. might be the one that actually fits together. Yeah. Right. Cause everything Cause it, about this. It feel like they check all right. the boxes. It, it do feel all like they the check all the boxes. And I, and, and speaking of checks, honestly, I got to check myself. I got to check myself. Um, because as I listen to you and as I think about what I just said, it's like doubting Dallas is just such low hanging fruit. And you play who you play, like the Giants' problems or their flaws, and certainly the Jets' mm -hmm. flaws. That's not Dallas's problem, and Dallas can't right. apologize for that. Like you know, and, and if, and if Mike, the opposite Mike. had happened, how, how, we would be clowning Dallas. If, if they had struggled what or lost the, to the Giants or lost to the Jets, we got jokes. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And what do the elite? And what do the elite teams do? Right? I mean, they, they beat they the shit out of people like they out, should. They that's yes, hundred yes. percent. 70 yes, to 10. Right. Okay. Because they get paid too. Just beat the hell out They get paid yep. too, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. that's what they, you know, so like to me, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I understand the Giants and I get Zach Wilson. I, I get it. I totally understand where people are coming from. But if you're elite, you kill them. And they did. Right. They just went out and killed right. them. And they did right. not, again, They're... the comfort of it was great. Right. And they can't play January games in September. They can't play last year's or the last 30 years postseason games again. It's like they can play mm -hmm. what's in front of them. And so far, they've by far and away been the most impressive team against other professional football teams, full stop. So Dallas is good. We'll see. Meanwhile, what we've seen from the Jets, has it gotten that bad already? Like it went from, uh, oh, wait a second. They yeah. did beat Buffalo with Zach Wilson to – giving the ball to Brees Hall four times, which he should bitch and complain about that. Because it's like, sure. I don't care what the score is, your best bet is to not ask Zach Wilson to throw the ball against that defense. Like, that is professional malpractice on the part of the Jets to only give Brees Hall the ball four times. 
um, and to abandon the run that way when the, running in defense is the only way you're even going to keep games closed. It may be your best mechanism for coming back because you cannot count yeah. on Zach Wilson stringing together enough throws to keep that game closed. So, like, is it already coming apart with the Jets? We talked about Sauce Gardner deleting his account. We saw the the tweets and the comments from uh, – or, or the tweet, deleted tweet, and the comment from Brees Hall – is 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 it already over for New York? Because I, I was trying to hold out hope that they could hold it together without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, well, first off, like the sauce deleting his account, I I can tell you kind of I have a little inside perspective. But I think the Jets are just are, are tired of seeing what happens with their social media accounts when everybody jumps on the bandwagon. And then as soon as something starts to go wrong or, you know, granted yeah. Aaron Rodgers is just catastrophic. I don't think they want that in their face to just see then everyone instantly jump off and say, here we are. We're back in where it was last year. Zach Wilson's terrible. This team sucks. Like blah, blah, blah. We hate me. Like you can only live with so much negativity. And at some point you've got to yeah. shut that down. And I think that's why, yeah. and I, I don't think sauce will be the last. I think you'll see other guys I don't blame check him. out of social media. And, I don't blame him. You know, so I, let's okay. Let's let's do half empty, half full here, right? With the glass, half full. It was a tough assignment. Like, and 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 Josh Allen, <laughs> go go ahead, go look at Josh Allen this week versus what Josh Allen looked like last week. Okay, mm-hmm. they made Josh Allen look like a fool in 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 week one. That being that the Jets made Josh Allen look like a fool. Well, now you got Zach facing. Basically, what Josh Allen faced last week in the Jets. The Jets absolutely dominated uh, dominated Buffalo up front. And then in this game, Dallas dominated the Jets up front. It's, it was the same scenario with two different quarterbacks, but facing sort of the same scenario in front of them. Sure. Well, sure. you know, Zach, Zach got totally disassembled against what is going to be one of the best defenses, um, if not the best defense in football, over the course of, of right. this season. I understand Josh Allen gets all the runway because it's Josh Allen and everything, but I don't think we just look at Zach and go, okay, this terrible performance against a dominant defense up front who destroyed the offensive line up front. Um, Who just made Daniel Jones look foolish the week before. Right. Make Daniel Jones look foolish. I mean, do we just, do we just say, no, that's it. They're automatically the front office, the coach staff's going to revert back to 2022 and say, Zach made no progress. He's not anything we thought, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, I think he'll get another week, okay? I think they believe in him enough to know this was a bad assignment. He drew a bad situation. Um, All right. Cowboys home opener. Now, does that mean right. they won't go out and look at quarterbacks? Yes, they will. I'm about to say, you said another, you said another week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, again, you're, you're not going to – I don't think you overreact to this. But if you have – weeks like this that pile on top of each other at some point, then you have to go, can we scheme our way out of this? Can we legitimately run it 40 times a game, shorten the field for him, ask him only to throw it 15, 18, 20 times and, and just win with defense and and running the football. And if the answer to that is it's going to be a tough road to hoe and we won't, we, we can't have, you know, any injuries or any of these things and we're likely putting ourselves in, you know, we're on the fringe of the playoffs. Then you have to go, is there a veteran out here who can help us? And you start to look beyond this. Now, in terms of veterans that I think they could I'm look say, at. Who, who, not only who could, you, who could help them, but who's actually yeah. available. Because people love to point to Kirk Cousins. Right. My man got a no trade clause for a reason. It's not as simple as just, yeah. like, people have to, like, throw shit out there and see what sticks. It's like, most of mm-hmm. the time it doesn't stick, right? 
Well, and there's financial implications of it, which, you know, yes. I think they could make some things workable. There's the implications of what does that now mean for, even if you go and you get Kirk Cousins, which would be a rental till the end of the season, like what are the internal, like when Rogers, you know, is Rogers coming back into the building? Is he going to be in that quarterback room? Are he and Kirk working together? What does it do? Right, I mean, you're right. done probably with Zach right. at that point. Like at that point, you're like, right. all right, we've now chosen other options multiple times over you. And, you know, you're pretty much toast. So, you know, I think there's a lot of implications. You could also look at, it's funny because like in the ether, you hear Chad Henney's name come up. And and people are going to go chat any. That's weird. That doesn't make sense. Right. It does make sense because he and Hackett have a background together going all the way back to Jacksonville. He was very good in support of Patrick Mahomes. He's played um, in, right. in a pinch as a starter when he's had to. He's been on Super Bowl winning teams. Um, so, so the more realistic like, go and get- avenue is, is somebody that's stabilizing, not spectacular. Is that, is that a right. decent way of putting it? Right now. Right now. Now. Yeah. If if they're sitting there and the trade deadline's approaching, and let's say they're floating around the 500 mark, and and the front office believes um, we we just need something to get us to the postseason so that Aaron can come back. That's another thing too that complicates this, right? Because Aaron had that fast bridge surgery, right, on his Achilles, and yeah. this idea of like, could he push to get himself back for the postseason if they make it? Well, if you yeah. go get a Kirk <laughs> Cousins right. or someone of and he that get, ilk. And he gets you to the postseason. You ain't pulling the plug. And he gets you to the postseason. <laughs> what are yeah. you doing? Right. Then you're going to go, yeah. oh, yeah, sorry, thanks. Yeah. Now we're going to yeah. – it's, it's really complicated. The least complicated option right now is let's see Zach again and let's just see if Dallas was a horrible draw for him and right. move forward from there and see if maybe we can build. Yeah. No, I would say uh... – I said the least complicated option is to simplify that game plan like you referenced a little while ago and just run it no matter what. Just d- don't don't ask the kid to do I don't disagree. somebody he's not. Yeah, he, he don't, yeah, don't do somebody he's not. So last week you called week one uh, a fantastic liar. I guess the moral of the story for week two is it's probably not, specifically with the Jets, it's probably not as good or as bad as it seems. So let's, let's kind of go down the list of these 0-2 teams, and I want to take uh, – your temperature on on the level of panic and, and, and see if, if if we're in agreement here. Um, I'm going to start with the Chargers. And that's a team that when you and I talked before, might have been on the other show uh, on BFA, you were like, hey, watch out for the Chargers this year or else. And the or else has already happened. As a matter of fact, this yeah. was a crazy stat. Let me make sure I get this right. I I, I, uh, I took a picture of it to make sure I referenced it. The Chargers are the 33rd team in the Super Bowl era with 50 or more points and no turnovers through two games. They're the only one to start 0-2. If that ain't the most Chargers that I've ever heard, I don't know what is. Uh, Brandon Staley, very affable, very amiable. Uh, Brandon Staley was very short with with the media. (laughs) Not on Sunday, he wasn't. Uh, You know, don't tell him there's a hangover from the Jacksonville loss. It's like, are the Chargers coming apart? Is it already panic time? Or is there, I guess, a silver lining here or turn a frown upside down, given how close both these losses have been? I will quote Keenan Allen. And I think this is pretty accurate. I think, I think he said, obviously something is missing. And 
I think that is actually an accurate quote about this team. You've had, what, four straight losses now by less than three points, right? Where it's just like you can't break through, take hold, and win games that matter. Um, And to me, as you said, seeing Staley's demeanor, where he's telling everyone, what doesn't matter? This doesn't matter. He's short. He's clearly annoyed. That's not his stock in trade, right? Like you don't like, don't lose that cool. (laughs) That is your trademark. That is what makes you who you are. And he feels like he's starting to lose it a little bit. And again, I will just say top to bottom. And I I think we did. We talked to this from, uh, I'm probably from another, I, I, as talented as this team is, when you go top to bottom, how almost every area of the depth chart you see top end, either above average starters or stars, you can't start off 0-2 and in this fashion where it, it feels like you can, you just simply cannot get yourself over the hump here. And um, I hate to, you know, start talking about like, could this coach be fired or not? We're, again, we're two games in. What's two games start, there, but- you know. But Charles, going into last but year, it feels I had a charge. I had a Chargers executive last year. Last year, at, in the beginning of the season, say it's put up or shut up time. We know what happened in the playoffs against Jacksonville, right. and the Chargers right. feel like the Chargers feel like the NBA consolidated into one NFL team. As in, if there was a, if there was a players' team, it's the Chargers because everybody been paid. So who's the fall guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Who you, there's yeah. only one fall guy in, in that building, right? Or two, if you want to go even higher than Brandon Staley. See, I don't, but I'm, I don't, again, it's not to protect any GM or anything. You sure. know, you know, front office executives. The talent is there. No one right. disagrees about that. Everyone, you talk right. to anyone around the NFL, they look at the, at the charges, but what they will tell you is, okay, uh, when I was on a camp tour this summer, you know, and I'm going, going through these different teams and um, I'm, I'm talking at one point to a general manager who's, you know, we're talking about different teams and we're talking about the chargers. And yeah. the thing he said to me is what's so concerning to me about that team. When I look at it is that defensively, they just feel soft. They feel like they have mm-hmm. a softness to them and yeah. your head coach and that's is the a defensive specialist. Car. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. his calling card. You can't have someone come in. He said, it's always concerning when you have a head coach, a man who's meant to lead the entire franchise. He said, look, and, and look, he may not be leading the offensive you know, meeting. Um, he may be delegating authorities, all these different things. He said, but when you have someone that's their calling card, if you don't see some signs of life in that unit or, or some, yeah. they're heading or trending in the right direction, it should be really concerning to you, regardless of the injuries, because there's a mentality that they bring. If your mentality offensively is to be aggressive, to be fast, to have good tempo, you can do that even with backups. Okay. Yeah. Defensively, if your mentality is just hit people in the mouth, don't let up pressure. Um, you know, whether it's how you scheme things, you can still do that with backups. And he said specifically about the Chargers. He said they just defensively they don't feel like they bring. Yeah. Um, the kind of tenacity and fear to the table that realistically right. they should. And now here we are still talking about this. So, well, no, and, that, and that's what I mean. Like the ta- that's what I mean when I say it's a player's team, like the talent is there. They've all been paid. Like the only reason it would go all the way up to Telesco would be if they just cleaned house or the right ca- coach wanted the job. And they said, I want my own personnel guy, but I'm with you. If it just feels like two games in, 
Brandon Staley is on the, the same hot seat that he was in after last year's collapse against Jacksonville. Oh, no question. In the interest no of question. time, <laughs> in, in the interest of time, I want to go through some other 0-2 teams. 0-2 teams that had higher expectations. I'm not going to count the Cardinals. I'm not going to count the Texans. Um, and just pick out the one you want to talk about. Again, just in the interest of time. Patriots 0-2, sure. but for, for the first time since 0-1, but that feels like a different 0-2 because it's two really good teams and, they, and they've been close, but it's still the Patriots and still surprising nonetheless to a certain extent. Uh, Bengals started 0-2 last year. Burrow looked better in the second half. If you want to pick them, we can. Vikings have lost six fumbles in two games. Um, maybe they're regressing to the mean as far as luck. Justin Fields looks awful and sounds just as bad in his post-game press conference, depending on who you ask. Um, and then there's the one that, that jumped out to me. Uh, the Broncos and you got Sean Payton bringing up the wristband and, you know, getting to play in properly with Russell Wilson. And he was supposed to, yep. and, and they lose to That's the two and O commanders. They, they, yeah, they, they collapse against the co- uh, commanders. It was a big lead to the commanders. So out of all those teams that are Owen two and Pittsburgh, as of this recording still hasn't played, they may be Owen two, uh, depending on the outcome right. against Cleveland on Monday night football, uh, which Owen two team, uh, should be the most panicked at this point. I'm going to hit three. I'll hit them all real fast. Cincinnati. You got it. I'm worried because you're in the AFC North. Burrow Mm -hmm. is not healthy. The calf clearly was re-injured in that game. He's limping badly. And you've already Mm -hmm. dropped two in the AFC North, which looks rough as hell this season. Okay. They're out of sorts. This does not feel like last year's 0-2 start. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bears, it's caving in quickly. If there is a coach Mm -hmm. that I thought is, is on the hot seat next to Brandon Staley, it's probably Matt Everflus because yeah. it does not feel like what the bears tried to do around Justin field has taken hold. Now, again, we're two games in, but it's extremely concerning that that looks like regression versus taking yeah. a step forward. He looks like he is regressing yeah. right now. And the Broncos to me, when I went through there, I can tell you this, everything with Russ and, and Sean Payton was about Sean imparting into Russ tempo, 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 know the offense inside and out, be prepared, be fast, be clean, let's move. Don't screw up. You know, you have to know this inside and out. Guys have to look at you knowing you know the offense inside and out. And it's just, everything has to be precision and fast. Don't fuck around. And right now, I think that's what Sean is frustrated about. Going to the wristband, which when you go to the wristband, it's suggestive that you don't know the whole offense right, right. now or else you don't need a damn wristband. Okay? Right. So that's what remember Pete Carroll I mean, talked about got to Tampa. Yep. resisting that in <laughs> Seattle. Yeah, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that was it. I mean, like, you know, if, if you, if you, if you have to have the wristband to know the offense, fine, you just better be able to operate with it quickly. If you're not going to have the wristband, you better know everything you're doing and everything's got to be fast. And it's just, it, it's, it's concerning right now that yeah. when you watch the Broncos, you still feel like you're questioning, does Russ know how to win in this roster? in this situation and with this coach that has to turn around quickly. Cause this will it'll, it'll get a lot worse fast in, in Denver after last season. And that's the opposite. But, and by the way, they, they were a hair Mary miracle away from not even, well, it, it took a hair Mary miracle to keep it interesting and surprise, surprise, the Sean Payton team did not get a PI call started to bring up old stuff. But I was going to say like, that's the opposite of the chargers. As far as like, there's no, like, you, you can't go from Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton and it be the system's fault or the coach's fault. 
Like right. Sean Payton was supposed to fix all the problems, but it took it put the blame squarely on Russell Wilson if things don't turn around for that Broncos offense. So yeah, that's the one. I, those are the two I would pick out as well. So the Bengals. You're right. That that's, that's looks like a really tough division, and it, it's not quite the same as last year. You can't count on digging yourself out of that hole every single year. I, I still don't want to quite panic about them just because of the amount of talent and the quarterback, whereas Chicago and Denver, the quarterback questions have not been answered yet. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack. And save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joe's, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, all right, now to the positive side. We talked about the Cowboys, who we know are for real based on their body of work in recent years. Uh, the other game that to be played tonight, which there could be a 2-0 team and an 0-2 team, is Saints-Panthers. We thought the South was the worst division in the league coming into the season. You may have three 2-0 yeah. teams after tonight <laughs> with, the, yeah. with the Falcons, the Bucks, yeah. and maybe the Saints. Saints we thought could be good with Derek Carr in that defense. Bigger surprise to you, Atlanta or Tampa? Oh, it's got a man. That's wow. That's a good question because they're they're. I, I, okay, I would say Tampa because how many I, I, and I'm still reticent to have faith in Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. I'm just I just am. He's <laughs> been through so many teams so quickly yeah. that needed yeah. a quarterback that needed to make this work, um, and yet he has gotten off to a pretty clean and comfortable start which is surprising to me, to be honest with you. Now, Mike Evans is balling out, okay? And there are a lot of veterans on that Tampa team that I discounted because I was like, look, if you're not right at quarterback, you just are not going to be right. Baker has made them right so far through two games, right? Um, So that, to me, is more surprising. I I think Atlanta, look, we can say say whatever we want about Atlanta, but, you know, Arthur Smith's been competitive with Atlanta through two seasons, okay? Like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like Atlanta was – Three and thirteen, three and fourteen. Um, you know, th- there has been a competitive element to him, and he's calling the offense the way he wants to call it. You know, he's. I mean, you go back to the Tennessee experience. He is clearly leaning into what he knows, and there's a lot of talent on that roster. Unfortunately, for some people, I think it's getting frustrating because they're saying, 
he needs to augment the offense to consider some of the talent that he has, a la Drake London, Kyle Pitts, you know, some of the explosive elements, you know, Bijan, <laughs> give it to Bijan as much as you can. I'm less surprised, though, by then. Because, because look, let's be honest, offensively, even if you think Desmond Ritter's like a, got a pop-gun arm, look at the surrounding talent, right? Look at the skill positions. Yeah. Are we not impressed by the skill position? Yeah. No, I, I would agree. And with Tampa, it's like there was always this thought that I could see it like with Baker. Like, I mean, because they weren't that far removed really? from being a playoff. Man. Well, well, they, this is because of the circumstances. You know, like he, he had the skills, talent. The offensive line was a question. But defensively, they got, they got guys. They got guys on defense that have been there, done that, and gotten the T-shirts. So it's not completely shocking that Tampa would be competitive. 2-0. and Against the Minnesota win was the one that surprised me. We talked about Chicago's problems. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, Atlanta's going to be problematic for people, even if they're sort of one-dimensional on offense, because when they try to go to that second dimension, they got a couple of guys that could hurt you in London and Pitts when they decide to get on the ball, and for that matter, B. John Robinson. A um, couple of significant comebacks in the NFC East I want to hit with you, too that we're now looking at three 2-0 and o teams in the NFC East, and, and, the, and, and the Giants have a win now. It didn't look like it through six quarters. But which comeback was more significant between the commanders under Sam Howell, uh, who have new ownership and are still looking for that long-term answer quarterback, Washington is, or the Giants? Because, like, whatever the hell um, Brian Dayball said at halftime, bottle that shit up because – I mean, that might have been season-saving, even though they're going to San Francisco. I'm going to see him on Thursday with the hobbled, if unavailable, Saquon Barkley. So bigger comeback between the Commanders and the Giants. It's the Giants. I mean, come on, man. Like, I, I literally drop – and I hate dropping the the clips in my feed that cuss, but I had to use the Rick and Morty. Get your shit together. Get it all together. <laughs> put it in a backpack. Get your shit together. Like, like to me, I was like, that's the halftime speech that, that was just delivered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's the Giants because of the way the Giants lost in week one, right? And then the first half looked like a continuation of that. That's what it felt like. We were just like, oh, my God, is this what the Giants are now? And I'm thinking at halftime, in my mind, I'm like, okay, what are they going to do a quarterback? <laughs> okay, what are yeah. they going to do with this contract? Yeah. Like, I'm looking at Daniel yeah. Jones' contract. <laughs> you, you, already, a lot of you, blowing it up. No, you were blowing it up I, for them. Yes. I was, I was, I was already looking gone. at the numbers. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm like, okay, yeah. uh, how, would, how would Caleb Williams fit in this scheme? Like, you know, Brian Dayball. Like, I literally yeah. have, I'm thinking all this stuff. And then as I watched it in the second half, and you saw them start to pick up some momentum. Now, again, I'm going to guard against this, although Arizona has played tough. I'll give it to Arizona. Yeah. Everyone said, oh, they're just, yeah. that's it. They're canceling the season. Arizona, through yeah. two games, has shown fight. Like, those guys yeah, have, have some pride. They're playing tough. They um, but that second half, there were a lot of su- succession jokes. Uh, a lot of Kendall Roy for Jonathan Gannon <laughs> <laughs> references. <laughs> you know, whatever he's it's saying, he, whatever he's, he got yeah. him playing hard. He got him playing hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yet the Giants needed that so badly. You can't go into an own two hole, particularly if, if that second half had been how the first half was. It's just, it's, it's mayhem. People are like, you know, what are we doing here with Barkley? Then, you know, with the Barkley injury late in that game, which has got to be extremely frustrated. Daniel Jones, how do we get out of this contract? 
what, why did we go get Darren Waller? Who's this old, you know, let's, let's sit back and look at our draft picks, you know, um, it's, it just, it would steamroll into what's wrong with the front office. What's wrong with the veterans? What's wrong with these contracts? Um, and they reversed all that in and half, which is, is remarkable. I, I feel you because of how bad it was through six quarters. Especially You're going to disagree with me. You're going to disagree. <laughs> well, well, well it's, 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 it's a healthy disagreement. Only, you know, it's just subtle because you're not wrong, obviously. I mean, it was historic beat down in the opener against Dallas with, again, San Francisco on the horizon. So they outscored, what, 60 to nothing through six quarters. Um, looking at a loss to, quote, unquote, tank in Arizona. Then going to San Francisco on a short week. You were absolutely right to start thinking ahead to 24 for the Giants. But on the flip side, the only reason I would say Washington is you want to talk about hot seat, Ron Rivera coming into this season. Like, yeah, that was a guy that people looked at and said, okay, that could be a change, especially with an ownership change. Finally, mercifully, Eric Bieniemy. we know the story with him and getting passed over year after year for head coaching opportunities. A lot to prove. With, uh, with, with the commanders in terms of just his overall reputation as an offensive mastermind. Um, they struggled with Arizona last week. And the revolving door at quarterback, the Giants, for better or worse, have their quarterback. And there was some expectation for a little bit of regression because we didn't think they were that good last year. Whereas Washington, so you're right, the Giants had a lot to lose. To me, Washington had more to gain by its comeback against Denver. Like, because you, you know I'm a Sam Howell guy. I've been a Sam Howell guy, man. I, sure. I, I drank the Sam mm-hmm. Howell Kool-Aid at North Carolina. So if they found their quarterback, you know, and an, and an offensive identity in Eric Bieniemy with that defense, maybe, I mean, the commanders might be able to make some noise. So that, that was the one for me, was, was, was watching Sam Howell continue. This is his third start, and he's making some big-time throws. You know, some real yeah. – they might, they might have their guy. You know, if they got that guy, everybody else's job becomes easier. Well, not only that, I mean, I'll, I'll say this about Washington, too. It is certainly not an organization bereft of talent. There's a lot of talent, actually, on that roster. The you skill position I mean? pieces around Sam, Sam like Scary Terry, uh, Jahan Dotson, uh, you know, Brian Robinson. Um, Let's not even talk know, about the defensive all, line. Yeah, now you can get to the defensive line, which is nothing but first-round picks. And if they could yeah. actually squeeze something out of Jake Young consistently. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, it, is, it is certainly an organization that if, if they're last year's Giants, okay, if they're a team that comes out of the NFC East soup and makes a playoff uh, run, if you compare those two teams, it's not the empty jelly-filled donut. I actually think if you get Washington to the playoffs with this roster – roster's pretty young and pretty talented. Mm-hmm. And you now you're sitting there going, if we solve the quarterback spot here, now we can right. just start adding to this. And, and we actually have something real here and legitimate and lasting. Whereas the Giants, right. I was kind of like certain pieces and parts, yes, but there still feels like there's something a little worrisome about this. Um, I'm not against 22 years old. You know, I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I, like how to me, I, I'm sorry, I don't understand how I could go the year before his last season in North Carolina and I'm having evaluators telling me, like, top 10 right. pick, here's all these things to love about him. And then one year later, I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, I've yeah. never seen a guy fall off that fast. He's making plays out there right now that remind me of, of 
the guy everyone loved personnel wise. Like yep. didn't have the biggest yep. arm in the world, but he was very competitive. He could, he was athletic. He was very, right. you know, he could do things off script. That's kind of how he's playing right now. So it's good. I just, I guess between the two teams, who is going to lose their minds quicker, the Washington fan base or the Giants fan base? <laughs> like, I don't know if there's a I'm wrong answer there. Uh, yes is yes. Yes. <laughs> For better or worse, they're going to lose Maybe. their minds. Uh, speaking of fifth-round picks, man, maybe the individual story of this season so far is Puka Nakua. Um, off to a start yeah. that no receiver has ever had. I don't think, I don't think it's just – Oh, you, Cooper Cup's not there, so they got to throw it to somebody. It's like, yes, throwing it to somebody, and then there's 35 targets. Like, Man, it's I not the receptions. It's the kid. Oh, you ain't telling me. I drafted him in Dynasty. You might have told them. I drafted him in Dynasty. So I, I was all Puka. <laughs> I, I was all I mean, Puka in the offseason. You know? I, I, I told you when I went in, okay, when I went through Rams camp, and that was early, yeah. super early. And I, and I asked the same question I always ask. I'm like, who I'm going to go out and watch these guys on the field. Who should I be looking at? Like, what young guys are popping? And I barely got it out of my mouth. And I'm talking about across the board, everybody I talked to inside the Rams, right? Less need, Sean McVay, you know, other coaches play. It was, <laughs> it was Puka, you know, Puka Nakua. You got to see this kid. Um, as someone said to me, he has been in Cooper's hip pocket since the second he got here. And um, to me, one of the things that was so prominent in what they loved about him was he just wanted to absorb every single thing he could get out of Cooper. And and then when you look at him, he's athletically gifted. They're like, there's also, so I was like, what happened? Like, how does this guy end up where he ended up? And the response I got was they couldn't keep him on the field. He was, he was hurt like all the time. And, and that's sort of, I think what they feel like they need to bridge in the NFL is just keeping him healthy and and on the field. Cause 35 targets, man. Like it says, like, it's not like Tyler Higby's not out there. It's not like Skoranek's not out there or Van Jefferson or Tutu Atwell guys who have been around the system. who have been around Stafford for this dude to come in and command that much attention from his quarterback really speaks volumes. Trust, trust, maturity. Yeah. Like I, I think yeah. I don't think he's a flash in the pan. I think this is legit. Oh um, no! I way. think he can be. Yeah, I think he can be good for a long time. He can stay healthy, like you just said. Yeah, Meanwhile, there's no way. I mean, Mike, uh, I, like, I would, I would, say, I would, I would question it if, if, if you got to go watch when you watch him in person, and you see just how good he is athletically. He is a great. Pops when you watch him on the field, there's no it's not a gimmick. Like he's doing yeah. this off of talent, not just off of scheme. Last thing before I let you go on the Rams, who were last year's last week's darling, I should say. Um, what's up with this Cam Maker situation, man? Like it's like what 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 do yeah. he and Sean McVay have going on? Like this this on again, off again affair right. that they've had the last couple of years. Now he's on the way out for real this time. So here's the thing I think you got to understand about the Rams, right? There's a team that's a lot of young players, right? I mean, they are loaded up with young players. They basically just reloaded the entire roster with, with younger guys. And I think when you sit there and you think about 
what practice has to be like, what classroom work has to be like, what meetings have to be like. You have to set a tone, particularly with your veterans who have been there. Mm. You practice hard. You have good weeks to practice. You finish all your plays. You're there. You're present. You're in the moment. How you're communicating with coaches. You have to show up to meetings on time. You have to be there 100% to make sure you're setting the example you need to set for these young guys. I think they felt like Cam was not having good, like this was not having good practices. I think they felt like there were aspects of what was going on, fell into habits last season that they were upset about. They thought they were past when they quote unquote gave him another chance last year after they tried yeah. to trade him. And so I think they're trying to basically clean up a little bit of the culture in the, in the franchise for the younger guys. We can't, these guys come in they have to see when they look around who are we reading cues off of they these guys all have to be in practicing hard doing everything they can it's part of why you know Puka Nakua. Bennett, another reason <laughs> yeah. Nakua, right Puka Nakua goes yeah. and absorbs everything from Cooper Cup yeah. wants to be you know work out there be it you know and but he's looking at Cooper Cup right you, yeah. you don't and and so then they start to look at other players and they're saying okay is the guy behind you how hard is he practicing? Is he flashing? Hmm. Is he showing an ability to eat some of your workload? Should we give him a look? And that's ultimately, I think, what happened at the running back position. And then, you know, another thing, too, no one's talking about, but like Stetson Bennett. I mean, I think part of the reason why Stetson Bennett got sat down was because, again, they need everybody to be on their P's and Q's. Like, you just got to be there. You got to be making meetings on time. You got to be... Like if you're not, if you're if you're not meeting every standard that they set, they can't continue to give out chance after chance after chance, and then see other guys, young guys, look at it and go, oh, that's just how it is here. Like you, I can screw up and screw up and screw up, and they're just going to keep giving chances. No, at, at some point there's a line, and the standards got to be set. All these young guys got to meet that standard. I like that, Charles. You set the standard, brother. We appreciate you, man. Thanks for. Uh... Just emptying a notebook every Monday, man. It's my it's my favorite my favorite thing to do in the week. Talk to you next week. Yeah, hopefully. I apologize. Where you at next yeah. week? I, 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 prom- I don't know yet, but I promise you I will okay. not, A, be coming from a residence inn <laughs> with a terrible internet <laughs> connection. Okay. And B, by the way, it's I'm okay. sure people are going to be like, are there dogs in the background of, of that guy's audio? Was that housekeeping? I, I, you know, well, well, Dawn's in New Jersey, so I had to bring the dogs with me on this trip. <laughs> so they're oh, in the oh, hotel. Oh, you got dogs on the trip? Oh, the dogs are on the trip. Stokely, yeah, Stokely's can, right you know. there, man. You, you could have came. Uh, they, I didn't realize. Okay, no, I thought you went to the hotel. Somebody was knocking on your door. No, no, they're two. They're two bad boys. They're 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 barking at people out. You know, if, if somebody walks by talking in the hallway they go crazy they're like it's you know murderers That's, like i'm like they're just people that is There's that is dedication <laughs> you took the dogs on a trip god bless you all right man i'll talk to you next week <laughs> all right sounds good thanks man all right peace at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. 
Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My main man, Vincent Goodwill from Yahoo Sports and the Good Word with Goodwill podcast from the Ball Don't Lie Network is here now. My brother. Uh, I'm not in a good mood, Goodwill, right now um, because, yo, we never talked about this. Did you watch Winning Time on Max, on HBO Max? Did you watch Winning Time? I was addicted to Winning Time. That was like appointment viewing for me every Sunday. Michael Smith. I'm I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I'm devastated. I'm devastated. Well, for one, I'll say, okay. I'm actually kind of encouraged. I'll do the side note first, and then we'll get to winning time. I'm actually encouraged. Okay. Here's why I'm encouraged. Okay. Because, you know, I got my production company going. I'm, I'm creating content. I'm trying to sell content. And, you know, or just as talent, as you and I are, like we often deal with rejection, which I like to say rejection is really redirection. But somebody told me a long time ago she was an actress, but I think, the, I think it applies across contexts. Like being an actress is not about, or an actor, is not about how many times you hear yes, but how many times you could stand hearing no. So the encouraging part for me, uh, watching Winning Time get canceled after two seasons, is that if they could cancel that, I can't take no personally. Like, it's like, you know what? Like, who, who knows what people are looking for or why things work or they don't in this entertainment industry, this changing landscape that we're all trying to navigate because that was some of the best, not just sports content or television that I've ever watched. That was some of the best television period that I've watched in a long time. It's funny. We haven't really discussed this even like offline. No, not even offline. No. And I've discussed it like with some of my close friends who know like of the story, but don't know necessarily get in the weeds of all that stuff. So they don't know what's fictionalized versus what's, you know, biographical. But man, it is, I was looking forward. I don't know about you. I was looking forward to seeing how this evolved through the rest of the 80s, through yes. magic and its HIV, through, okay. Well, remember, that's how they led off the series. That's how they led off the series. The first scene was yep. his diagnosis. That, dude. The fact that they gave us this tease, and I felt like some people thought it was going a little slow from season one. Mm-hmm. And once he got his rhythm in season two, and some people were saying, well, the West Head thing went a little too long. And I'm like, no, that, that, that was like, y'all remember The Wire? Season two for The mm-hmm. Wire set up everything. It was necessary. You know what I mean? Correct. It was foundational. It was yeah. necessary. So I felt like this season was very foundational to what was going to happen for the rest of quote-unquote winning time. And man, I was I was just hooked by it. I was amazed. I don't know if you've seen it because you're not on Twitter as much. Genie Bus went from being this person who was not endorsing it 
to Jeannie Buss being all in. Was you she? Know what I mean? Did you? Did you? She was no. Up, I didn't know did that. It. But I knew. I knew how it started. It started with everybody being pissed about their portrayal, led by Jerry mm-hmm. West, and and mm-hmm. nobody was on board with it. I think the Lakers even kind of did their own content about the dynasty. Right. Almost like counter programming. So Jeannie got on board with this because I, I liked her character in Winning Time. Jeannie Jeannie got on board so much that she was part of an interview with one of like the showrunners like last week and wanted wow. to run into the guy who and she said she ran into a John C. Riley at a Lakers mm-hmm. game last season. Right. And who played Dr. That Bus, she was, yeah. And he thought that she was going to throw him throw him out. And and she, it, nothing like that happened. You know what I mean? And she was, right. I think for her, it was kind of somewhat therapeutic to see her father portrayed in a certain form. And I think that's kind of how she played it. And she was like, she was saying on Twitter that she was going to be very curious to see how everything played out. Then you hear Rick Fox saying, hey, is this going to go to the Shaq and Kobe Lakers? And I think it kind of got to the thing where everybody was wondering, okay, if it gets this far, who's going to play me? And what is it going to look like? And it, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like the not, not right. necessarily narcissistic, but very curious to see how people were going to be portrayed. Because I think after the initial shock of it yeah. and characterization, I think people really start to warm up to it. Like I was hooked from day one, Mike. I was hooked from day same, one. Same, same. And you being a basketball historian the way you are. Like I, I should, I, I'm surprised again. I'm shocked we never talked about it because I knew it would resonate with you because whatever was sensationalized and it was and it was based on Showtime by Jeff Perlman. Whatever was sensationalized, you quickly forgave because it was rooted in enough truth. And even right. if it was exaggerated truth, the performances were so compelling until it was hard not to say, you know what. I don't care what's a lie. I'm I'm invested in this. I want to give a few people flowers before we kind of go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even anticipate talking with you about this, but I'm I, I woke up really with my heart was heavy right now because I really enjoyed this um this this series for these two seasons and it left me wanting more and it got better as it went along. It wasn't one of those where it was like okay, it's starting to kind of like slow down or fizzle out. Mm-mm. It got better and better. Season two took it to another another level, episode by episode. Just shout outs. Okay, so we have um, Max Bornstein and uh, Jim Hecht, it, it might be. Those are the, the writers and creators along yeah. with, I mentioned Jeff Perlman, Rodney Barnes, uh, Benjamin Klein. Like, there were so many people who deserve credit for this hit. But then even some of the directorial credits. You know, Sally Richardson, Whitfield of Posse fame, directed five episodes, including the finale, I believe. But then the cast, yep. you mentioned John C. Riley as Jerry Buss. I love John C. Riley. He nailed Jerry Buss. Quincy Isaiah, who I know personally and actually have a really? little bit of a relationship with. Yeah. Okay. Dude, if you know Quincy, Quincy Isaiah, he didn't play Magic Johnson. He played himself. That's how that dude really is in real life. And Magic, I don't know if Magic has been on record or not, uh, you know, about, about Quincy's performance. He was fantastic. Jason Clark as Jerry West. Uh Hadley Robinson Adrian Bro- was Jeannie Adrian Brody as Pat Brody Riley. As Pat Riley. Come on now. Devon Nixon as Norm. Solomon yes. Hughes as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We could go all the way down the list with this series, like, set the bar for dramatization uh, when it comes to, like, you know. And, and that's what's so frustrating. Honestly, that's so frustrating about why it didn't work. Because what better IP is there? Everything right now in entertainment in Hollywood is about IP. 
or when it's not mm-hmm. on strike. But, you know, IP, like, it's the NBA. It's the Lakers dynasty. It's Magic Johnson. It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's Pat Riley. It's Jerry Buss. It's the Celtics. Yo, oh, Jason Siegel, as Paul West said, by the way, brilliant portrayal. Um, yes, yes. Sean Patrick Small as Larry Bird. I was He's in on really Larry good. Bird. Right? I wasn't on the Celtics aspect because you can't tell a Lakers story without the Celtics story. And they recognized that. And they gave you the depth on the Celt- on the Celtics angle yeah. of it. The the Boston of it all. Bro, I'm 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 hurt right now. I'm I'm honestly devastated that I'm not gonna I don't more think this is now. over. I'm hope I'm hoping this isn't over. Think somebody'll pick you know it up. What I mean? Yeah. I'm yeah. It's too many, you know, I wonder if social media becomes like this, like cyclone of we care about the way too much, but I see a lot of people talking about it. And it's hard for me to get an angle on Twitter being like indicative of, you know, the world at large, so to speak. But the executives making the decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike, Michael Chiklis playing uh, Red Red Arbor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought, that's another one. I yeah. thought it was massive. Some, a, somewhere all about someone I've never met, right? But I feel like a lot of these people, yeah. their essence was captured. Remember Wood Harris playing Spencer Haywood in season Bro, one? I had him on my main man. It was t- powerful, powerful. Yes, thank you for shouting that out. Yes. So, and, and the funny thing was, I, Sally I didn't Field. Read the book. Sally Field yes, as Sally Jesse Field, Bus. Yeah. You want to yep. talk about an all star cast? They had an all-star cast, even in certain, even in cameos. And, and and let's not let's not forget, if I remember correctly, HBO thought about canceling The Wire like after season one or two or something like that. You know what I mean? So that sounds familiar. Let, yeah, speaking of Wood Harris, yeah. You know what I mean? They haven't always made the best editorial decisions when it comes to some of these shows. And and you're right. Well, I, well, it, I, real quick, I had a I had a show that I sold to HBO a scripted series that I showed sold to HBO max a couple of years ago. It's another side note. That was the thing that kind of let me know like, yo, I could do this, but in the evolution of the company, you know, the, the merger and what have you, they released a lot of content, you know? And so they had to, you know, not, they not even cancel it. The, the show hadn't even been, hadn't even been done yet. It was still in development, but now watching this show get canceled, Again, not that I needed affirmation or validation and not to make it about me, but I'm saying like, damn, nobody's safe because this shit was good. You were saying, Vinny, go ahead. Not, not only was it good in, in this a, a different two part, two different parts, a mutual friend of ours who knows the business really well said, mm-hmm. because it's a period piece, it is a lot more expensive. Very expensive. Did you see how they recreated the basketball? Felt like I was watching the 80s finals again. They recreated yeah, it, it to a the team. quality of it. It's very the, expensive. The, yes. The, 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 some of those shots of the Boston Garden, you know, a place that no yep. longer exists in the form that it exists. Like I get, right. I get that part about it being, you know, expensive to make. But I feel like the return. And that's what the business is. Everybody's tightening their belts nowadays, especially with in terms of the strike. Nobody could actually promote winning time. So a lot of it was. Right. Right. a cult following a lot of it was people who were in on you know year one coming back to year two secondly right. and this is just a, a vinny frustration all the metrics no we distance. got 
Well, <laughs> oh, there was there was a Bill Lambeer mention. There was a Bill yeah, Lambeer was. mention yes. in, yes. in yes. With, with Larry yes. and George Burke, which lets me yeah. think. All right, yeah, we go. We gonna get to some Detroitness here. You they, know what I mean? They, they would. They point, would cut right? it off before the Pistons got their time. <laughs> they, <laughs> no, they but would. What, what, they, what was the Vinnyism? I'm sorry. What was? But it? but the Vinnyism is because we don't. We we can't measure Nielsen being who they are, streamers being what they are. We can't measure exactly who's watching what, or we do mm-hmm. know and we don't see the numbers. Like there's got to be a more accurate way of measuring who's watching what, because I don't know about you, Michael Smith. I've never had a Nielsen box. I don't know what a Nielsen box looks like. I don't know anyone who has a Nielsen box. So we're trusting a lot of people to tell us who is and who are not watching these shows, especially because I don't have HBO direct anymore. I have HBO max. How would you know that I'm watching the show? You know what I mean? So I'm very curious totally. to see. I think it's kind of outdated. I know that's a completely different discussion than what we're having, but I think all that stuff is outdated. And I think it leads into, you know, how these decisions are being made because of the metrics oh. that are being used. And you know what I mean? You hitting home. You hitting home. Like, I've always, I feel like I've been ahead of the game in this regard, if I may say so. I've never paid attention to ratings. And I know for some that joke may write itself, but I've never paid attention to ratings because I never wanted to. Ch- it's like it's, you're hitting a moving target. It's like, well, wait a second. Mm-hmm. This segment or this show did well, but but it wasn't a good show. Why did it do well? Was it the lead in? Was it the, was it because we talked about this topic? And there are people more sophisticated than me at this. I recognize that. But just anecdotally and and from a personal experience standpoint, it's like I just always trusted that I know good content. And I know what's good. I know what it's supposed to look like. And that's how I've always approached it because I never wanted to kind of ride the wave of, of, of what day's show or what segment or what conversation did well because you're never going to figure that out. And I don't think anybody actually has, to your point. I mean, I'm also – obviously, I work for Amazon. And, you know, there's a conversation about Amazon, Amazon having its own internal measurements being used, right? Point being is I'm with you. Like, I don't think people actually – have, have figured out how to measure uh, what constitutes successful content or a success or successful programming, uh, especially as it relates to the cost, the cost benefit analysis that you just referenced, how expensive it was to make this. And so that's why I think it's just disappointing when you see something that is objectively quality um, mm-hmm. that goes by the wayside, hopefully temporarily. Um, but the Pistons thing, like I just, where this could have gone um, is so exciting because it's like, even if it just went through the early nineties, yeah, now you're talking yeah. MJ. Now you're talking, now you're talking MJ. Like, you know, now you're talking not just the Pistons dynasty, you know, which you, which you so aptly said, Isaiah Thomas's trophies have magic Johnson, Larry bird and Michael Jordan's blood on them. I love that bar from you, but it's Pistons. Uh, it's, Hell, it's, it's, it's the Blazers for crying out loud. There were just so many different ways they could have taken this throughout the decade. Um, it just was really disappointing to, to, to not see it come to fruition. Just the compelling, like the 80s of the NBA from a compelling theatrical standpoint of being able to blow the league up and for the league to be able to establish itself with all these characters that the 90s wound up building and going, even if the basketball wasn't as good. I felt like there's so much more meat on that bone 
And you know, if you yeah. remember, I'm, uh, you know, I'm sure you know Chris Herring from uh, formerly yeah. 538 and off SI. He yeah. wrote the book Blood in the Garden about the '90s Knicks. Yep, that would be an excellent sort of sequel to this, right? You know right. what I mean? Because they, you, they you mentioned Pat, Pat Riley. You Pat Riley, right? Because they mentioned Pat Riley's accomplishment. They 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 skipped the Knicks executive part. They just went straight to three more rings with the Heat. And I I think look a. That ending left. That ending left so much. You know what I mean? It left us. It left it feeling like boys in the hood, where you see Doughboy just go and disappear into the right. daylight. You know Ma- what I mean? Magic like, in a dirty ass shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, so I, yeah. I think I, I just I just think the compelling nature of the NBA during that period of time, like, a let's let's be perfectly honest there are some characters in the nba now who can't wait to get their production company and make their own version of what they think winning time is because they can't help but yeah, jump right. on the bandwagon you know what i mean like or whatever it is but i just think michael i i think whether it's apple tv or your shop amazon or peacock or whomever it is someone and here's the important thing someone who is going to have NBA rights over the next couple of years would be very, very, very wise. Because one thing you noticed, there were a lot of NBA signages and stuff like that, that the NBA really couldn't do anything about because of the time Warner HBO merger, like, you know, that they kind of had license to. So mm-hmm. if you take that to Amazon, if Amazon gets a piece or Apple gets a piece or peak or, you know, NBC gets back in, which we all kind of expect, why wouldn't you wait a year and then pick up on it? You'd already have the rights to use NBA logos. And and you haven't heard the NBA speak out against it because quietly, I'm willing to bet the NBA likes it. Nothing, Nothing sells like nostalgia. And nobody ties things together better than you. And you took me right where I wanted to go because I wanted to talk about what I believe was your latest work about the um, the resting policy, the, loads, the load management policy changes. And I also go back to a conversation you and I had on this here uh, podcast uh, when it came to Nikola Jokic and his reluctance to be a face of the league, so to speak, um, and all that, that that entails. And we talked yeah. a lot about uh, unto much is given, much is required to kind of just summarize it. And, and like, this is what the, 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 the game, the game as it, the game, you didn't just find the game like this. Somebody had to build the game to this point. And it's, it's, a, it's your obligation to build upon what the magics and the birds and the Isaiah's and the Jordans did for the NBA as, as well as their predecessors. Right. Um, and so we're talking about the eighties and, you know, low, low management was, would have been a cuss word to these guys, you know, um, who who, play, who regularly played all 82 and, and, and found a, a way to, to, to survive a playoff grind. Um, so when it comes to this load management conversation, A, I, I love how you contextualize it within a larger framework of NBA history and the obligation that these guys have to play. It is somewhat, I think, I think even you said it, it is somewhat embarrassing that basically like it, it's down to, yeah, like you got to work. And if you're not going to work, you got to call in and let us know you're not going to work, which, which basically we all we all can relate to. But like, where does this go? Is this the end of this conversation? There's been a lot of talk about like shortening the season, which seems counterintuitive. If you're trying to, you know, sell your broadcast rights for more, like nobody's going to pay more for less. Where does this go? 
you hit a bunch of nails, right? Like it's like putting up a door, you know what I mean? You got to get every (laughs) nail right or this door is going to fall. And for me, yeah, it's a little embarrassing that we have to have this conversation, not only as an NBA consumer, but for me as an NBA fan who's followed the game since I've been able to see, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's twofold. One, the NBA the reason that they create this midseason or in-season tournament is because you don't have more product to sell, but you want to make it more valuable to whomever may be, you know, coming in to create this bigger pie, a bigger pie that makes sure that a $15 million salary, which you, which was the starting max. Think about this. $15 million was the starting max salary for the Miami big three in 2010. That was the starting salary for wow. those three guys: Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh. Remember that? Wow. It, was, it was around fifty. And I remember there was these dollars. conversations about making it fit. Didn't Wade have to take a pay cut even to get to that Wade, point? Wade, wow. Wade took a little bit less because he was eligible to make more fifteen million dollars. And 15. now, <laughs> and now, what is that the mid-level exception? What is it? Exactly. What is, <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago. Like you remember, oh, wow. two thousand ten. Wow. It's not that and. And so not just the league being built off of magic and bird and everything else, but the fact that you're asking or you have the ability to ask for max salaries that can start from $40 million or $50 million or whatever it is. And I am all about you getting your money, get all of your money, get every dollar you can. But you also have to understand and realize the responsibility that goes with that. And this is my biggest, biggest point of this. Michael, playoff basketball, I covered the playoffs for the last two years, you know, like literally traveling from city to city every other night. There were games every other night. And then sometimes you traveled on a day in between, you might not have an extra day. The playoffs, the old guys would tell me, the guys that I've done radio with or guys that I've talked to, whatever, those guys would tell me the playoffs are actually supposed to be easier on your body. Because the regular season, the three and four nights, the Milwaukee one night, Toronto the next night, and all of, it gets you ready for the, the playoffs. Yeah. It gets it gets you ready. Like if your yeah. first hard is the playoffs, then we're doing yeah. something wrong here. Yeah. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're not used to playing every other day in the regular season, then how are you supposed to be able to be mentally and physically prepared to play every other day? That like that sounds like science to me. What you just dropped sound like science to me. So what's this science that would argue with you on that? Well, this is what I asked Commissioner Silver last week in New York. And and I wasn't challenging him. I was just saying as a, as a media member, Michael, we were always told that the science determines whether a player should sit. And mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm like, Adam, does that mean the science has changed? Does that mean that the science is false? Now, keep it in mind. The word science has been like a red herring in a bunch right. of different conversations outside of sports for the last few years. So I'm not challenging science in a way of like challenging a vaccine or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. Let me put that right. disclaimer out there. But when you're talking <laughs> right. about strength and conditioning staffs and they're saying or someone is saying what is strength and conditioning, coach, player, agent, business side, whomever is saying that because science can be under a bunch of different umbrellas, right? So you're telling me the science has changed? How has the science changed, Adam? How has how, how the league determined that the science is changing so that players can no longer sit? There's fewer back-to-backs than ever. Teams mm-hmm. who will play on national TV one night 
usually don't have a game the night before because the league doesn't want teams to have the excuse. So right. what it so what is it? And he said, look, honestly, we were told that that was the that that we were letting the science determine it. So Michael, I think what has happened is two things. One, and you know this from being an AAU coach, players come into the league with more trade on their tires than ever before, right? And yeah. also, absolutely anything can absolutely corrupt. Absolute mm-hmm. control, absolute empowerment, no matter what it is, no matter how far the pendulum is swung, if there's no checks and no balances, then people will go, the people will take the limits and go further than they should. And I think at yeah. some point, the responsibility to, to the game it. has to come. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that, that makes a lot of sense. It, 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 it makes dollars and cents. It's like your question was apt because it's like, no, the science didn't change, and there's probably still people who feel like, you know, load management is the best way to have your players healthy and, 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 and at their best come playoff time, even if their bodies aren't conditioned to withstand the rigors of the postseason. Um, but the difference is, it's like, oh, no, we got, we, we got some more money to be made here, and, and we're about to go to the negotiating table, and we're not trying to have somebody say – sit across from us saying, yeah, but why would I pay this if I don't know that Steph Curry and and so and, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to actually be on the air? Am I, I going to actually be able to other, promote and, these people? And here's the other part. Nobody's saying if you're hurt, go out. If you're injured, sure. go out right. there and play. But you mean to tell me that, okay, I'll just put it like this. You don't see the eighth man out here load managing. Right? No, eighth man no, got to play. It's total abuse. It's total abuse seven because man, it's seven like, man got to play, it, right? And it's a difference, if I may. It's a difference between the NBA and the NFL. And it's like when you when you got a fully guaranteed deal, it's like oh, I don't feel like playing tonight. Because because how much of these how much of these injuries or these low maintenance is like yeah I was hanging out last night, you know, or I'm hungover. I was either hanging out or I'm hungover, or I just don't feel like it. I'm just, t- I'm tired, boss. <laughs> like, I just don't feel like coming to work today. And, and, or, if, and if, or, you can do, if you could do that, who's going to stop you with your fully guaranteed contract? Who's, who's, who's going to replace you? Right. And here's, the, here's my other part. Here's my other part to this. Players are playing longer than ever, right? Mm-hmm. And guys want to hold on as long as they possibly can. Everybody ain't, you're not entitled to play 20 years. You're not entitled right. to play 17 or 18 years. Like professional sports, it comes with it, it's a price that comes with it and everything else, just like performing, just like doing anything, you know, has some atrophy to it. And you walk into it knowing that. Like you can't say walk in and say, you know what, I'm trying to preserve myself so I can play five extra years. Says who? Yeah. Nobody's yeah. entitled. You know what I mean? Nobody's entitled. You look, man. Sometimes when the lights come on, you got to lead the dance floor, bro. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? That's what yeah, it comes no, down totally. to. Totally. No. Now, it's, now you it's, got me. Sound, now you got me sounding like like yes, a boss. You know what I mean? And that's not how I'm. No, to and that's not who you are. That's not who not you are. It's not no. who either of us is. We are both pro player in pretty much every context, but we're also like. We also old school, like you know, we both get old. If anything, we sound like old men yelling at clouds. Yes, you know what do. I mean? Yes, it's like do. you know, so start, turn down that public enema. You know, like <laughs> maybe, but it's just, I, I think it's when you when you've seen, and also too, like I remember one of the best pieces of advice I ever got about doing this was about you know 
Michael Jordan wasn't special because of what he did in game six. Michael Jordan was special for dropping 35 in Sacramento on a Tuesday. You know, mm-hmm. like what and, 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 and Michael Jordan's attitude was always this might be somebody's only time getting to see me. So not only do yep. I have to put forth my best performance, I'm gonna be dressed to the nines when I go. You know, like and so that that type of mentality is such a relatable mentality to where when you see players, you know, just take it for granted. And I think that was really your your main thesis was across the board in your article I'm talking about, or your, your column. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like people just taking things for granted in general is is where it becomes a turnoff. And and the, and the NBA doesn't literally want people to turn off these games at a time when they're trying to get people to pay more money for their product. So it's, it's not science, point, la- it's profit. No, Yeah, go ahead. And, and last point I'll make. Nobody says because you have to play that you have to play 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Right. Like sometimes right. if you show up on oh, a road I remember game, them. I, I, remember, I remember minutes limits. Remember those? I remember those. <laughs> what did like, you just imagine? Hey, hey, how many, how many, how many minutes can you give me tonight, Kawhi? You know what? I'm not really feeling it. Let's I'll, let's play 25, and then we can, you know, yeah. we can go from there. And if you need me later, da 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 da, that type of thing. But these people, does these people pay to see me? And there's only but so many guys we're talking about that you actually right. pay to see play. Yeah. And I feel like there there is an obligation. Like nobody's paying, you know, just because somebody's getting two hundred million dollars, don't mean that that everybody's paying to see you. You know what sure. I mean? But right. But, but the there are certain guys who, that that drive the that drive the that drive the game, that drive the bus, that, that drive the bus that everybody is profiting off of. And it's like that's it. That is a key is, saying it, it, that you're saying, bus driver. Yeah. That that's yeah. I got I got something for you. I got something for you a little later. Got something on bus driver. I'll text you. I'll text it to you. I'll text it to off, you. Off, oh, off, offline? Yeah, offline, offline. It, it'll, oh, oh, man. I'm intrigued. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> before, before I let you go, uh, training camp's right around the corner, and I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, well, about three players. And I'm sure I could, I could mm-hmm. ask you about a million players, but I just asked you about three real quick. Mm-hmm. One, mm-hmm. is anybody really going to trade for Kevin Porter Jr.? Like, is, is, is that juice worth the squeeze? Whatever the Rockets are looking for in draft compensation, worth the financial manipulation or whatever of his contract. It's like they just gonna wave this dude, right? Like he's done, right? Just want to. He should be, but there. It, there, okay. there's there's always a weird team somewhere who thinks that they can yeah. rehabilitate somebody and everything else, even if the players. Oh, they trade. No oh, they trade for him. Be. Oh, they trade for him to actually have him on the team. I thought they were gonna trade for him just for his contract or whatever, you know, like just for the books and get the draft compensation as a sol- as doing a solid to Houston. Somebody actually would trade for this dude to try to rehabilitate him? I'm not I'm not saying somebody or I'm his not image somebody, or his I'm image even about, I'm not okay. even saying it from a, like a position of knowledge. I'm just saying there's always oh, okay. there's always there's weird always things one. And, all weird, it, and all it takes always is one. one. That's all, all it takes. takes is one. All right. Uh I was really going to ask you about Harden and uh Lillard and how funky training camps get in uh, Philadelphia and Portland, respectively. Well, one person we know that does not mind being uncomfortable is Daryl Morey <laughs> in Philadelphia because he ain't got a coach yeah. and he ain't got to be out there. And and the people business ain't exactly his business. One person who we know that does not mind making anybody uncomfortable is Mr. James Harden. Okay, 
he can so I know where you going present. <laughs> I know where you about, know where you about to be portrayed again. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe I'll pop up there for a couple of days. But you know what I mean? Like I, I don't think that James would mind making things a little uncomfortable, making a stink. You know what I mean? Dame little yeah. Dame is in a com- completely different situation. And if I had to guess. I'm not speaking from a position of don't aggregate me or nothing like that. But if one deal was to get done out of those two, I'd probably say it would be Dame Dame getting out of Portland before I would see James Harden getting out of Philly. Because there is a long-standing relationship that the Portland Trailblazers have to be able to maintain with Damian Lillard. Because if you think of their two franchise players before here, Bill Walton, Clyde Drexler, you don't see those guys around that franchise. And there has to be some level of relationship when a player is done playing, especially if he's going to stay in that area and be a part of that community, like you've got to be able to work through the hurt feelings and everything right now and, and say, look, what's best for us is what's best for you. And that's getting up out of here. And I don't think that the trailblazers want to want to make it, but so ugly with Dame. That's all. Yeah. That, that's what I would think. I would think. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll be uh, talking about a, a streaming series or wherever we watch content about uh, about James Harden or about, you know, failed experiments or player empowerment or name it a little bit. But it still won't be as good as winning time. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I might, I might go start it over from scratch. Me, me and you, we gonna like we gonna watch it. We gonna we gonna text about it. I we'll can't do, believe we gonna do a, first time we gonna do a rewatch this. of winning time. A rewatch episode by episode. <laughs> a rewatch requiem for win- for winning time. There you go. Uh, my main man. Vince I love Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson. He captured the essence of Earth. Dude, he t- he nailed it. He nailed. It. They nailed Cookie. Like I mean, I don't even know these people, but I mean, I, I I fell in love with them all. Like in a way that I didn't even as as, as fans from afar. Um. I'll introduce you sometime. Um, that's Quincy Isaiah as a star. Um, and that was no small undertaking to, uh, to play Matthew Johnson. Appreciate you, brother, man. Thank you so much. My man. I'm going to call you so you can tell me what that was offline, by the way. Whatever, yeah. whatever you keep it from, from the people. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. Definitely. <laughs> What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.